Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Makers Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread America. And I am your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is September 9th, 2022. All right. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry I missed y'all on Wednesday. Had a lot of things going on. Um, I'm going to have a couple new sponsors on the show. Don't have quite all the details yet. Uh, they are sending me some product as soon as that gets here and I get a promo code for you guys, I will uh, unleash the good news um, on who those new sponsors are. I know it really uh, agitates Chris there when I tell him about He's like, this is bullshit. I mean, I'll say this about that. Now, Redcon 1, if you work out and you go to the gym, you probably know who they are. These other ones, uh, Makers Mark Bourbon, obviously, you know who they are if you drink whiskey or drink bourbon. Uh, these other two are smaller companies. They're newer companies. So, you know, whatever. You know, we, we do what we do and we see what happens, right? Also, um, with it being school time now, um, we, uh, we have a college in the, in the town that I live in here. So, uh, we're going to have a, um, an intern, uh, engineer, uh, not a producer or whatever, but someone to help with the soundboards and uh, help some producing of the show. Um, so hopefully um, that person will be here uh, next week and we will introduce them. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a dude, but um, I think his name is Mike. I think I saw in the email. So as soon as all that takes place, uh, we'll introduce and do all the proper cordial situations i mean we're growing here oddly enough don't try on america right all right the the hardest part about doing a podcast and i i assume that people listening to this don't do a podcast i mean i'm sure there are some that, that do a podcast around the country that might listen to the show just for whatever reason um which is fine. I don't. I don't care. Thanks for the download. I guess right. Um, and I've said this time and time again. I've got a full time job with a part time podcast. I don't make money off of this. That's why I'm trying to get sponsors. I don't want to ask you guys for money. I don't want to 
do a Patreon. And I know we talked about doing a Patreon for, for drinks and stuff like that, but come to find out Patreon actually costs money to have. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to ask for money to pay for the Patreon to pay for, you know, it's stupid. I'd rather, I'd rather have sponsors, whoever those sponsors are. And I encourage you to purchase products from those sponsors using the promo code for the show. And then that way we make our money that way. Now, obviously not forcing you to go get these products. Um, I use Redcon one. They are one of the first sponsors. Obviously our first sponsor was smooth. My balls, uh, another new upcoming company that, uh, they're restructuring, I guess is a good way to put it right now. But like they sent me a razor and they sent me stuff and, it's good products. Um, I used Redcon 1 before they became a sponsor, so it's not like that's something that I use because they uh, help sponsor the show. It's something that I've used for a while. Uh, it's good stuff. But um, when doing these shows and you have a full-time job and you have a family, you have, you know, I have a wife, I have grandkids, we do things. And um, it's it's really hard sometimes to come up with content to do a show. And it's even more difficult, well, it's probably the most difficult when there's nothing going on. Like if there's stuff just boom, 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 it's easy to do a show. It's easy to do an hour plus show. It's easy to do two, three, four shows in a week because the uh, news cycle's so heavy. This week has been kind of dead we're talking about the same old thing. So Wednesday, I had some other things going on. I was I was emailing sponsors. I was talking to people. I was doing other things. And I was like, there's really nothing going on. And then comes yesterday, right? And even the events that happened yesterday, to me, personally, I don't really care about. Now, no disrespect to anybody that dies. Um... And no disrespect to anybody that lives in England. I know this is a big deal to people of that country. Okay. But, you know, Queen Elizabeth, obviously, this isn't breaking news, uh, passed away yesterday. And in all honesty, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass, I'm not trying to be mean, but did we not see this coming? I mean, she was 96 years old. Okay. The interesting thing about that, so you, you hear about this yesterday, Chris texted me. We got done at the gym, and he texted over a tweet um, about her dying. I was like, okay. 96. I mean, to me, when you're a, a leader of a country, I don't care what country, where you're at. She's been queen for, what, 70, some odd, 70 years, 71 years? I think she was 25 when she took the took the crown. Um, 96 years old. It's not a surprise. You know, and like I said, I'm not doing this out of disrespect. I'm not trying to be mean. Um, people die, you know, especially when they're 96. Um, now, had she, you know, in Diana, for example, like if we're going to talk about English or foreign leaders or whatever passing away, if you want to talk about shocked, you know, then you look at Diana. You know, Chris and I had a discussion about that today, and it's like, maybe that's something we'll do a show on. You know, the mysteriousness of her passing, Diana. Um, the queen dying. I mean, it's not like JFK getting shot. It's not like, you know, it's not those types of things. She was 96. 
and then you see all this stuff um, <laughs> on Twitter and, and whatnot. Operation Unicorn. Oh, shit, what's that? Operation London Bridge. Oh, shit, what's that? And then I'm, you know, I'm at work thinking of these things, and I had already started looking up some of this stuff, but with the job I do, I don't have time to just sit around and, 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 and research stuff. But basically, both of these are plans that were came up with prior to her dying. It's nothing like, okay, she's dead, now we have this. These were two separate plans that were in that, that were came up with probably a few years ago I would assume when you when you're uh, in your 90s you probably start preparing for the inevitable right you what what do they say humans are the only mammal on on earth that know they're going to die right when you you when you're born you know eventually you're going to die um so I would assume these plans have probably been in place for a little while. Um, so basically the way it breaks down is Operation Unicorn had to do with uh, if she was in where she happened to be, oddly enough, up in Scotland. I'm assuming that's like a summer getaway or, you know, it's kind of like their Camp David type type thing. Uh, it's just a plan, okay, if she dies here, this is what we have to do. And Operation London Bridge is... is Everything that's actually taking place now, okay, she died. Uh, this this gets enacted. It goes to the news. It goes to here. It goes to there. And and oddly enough, reading about these operations, especially London Bridge, I thought it was interesting because they talk about how the not just in England but around the world, the uh, like the news media already has a preset determined uh, what's going to be said pre uh pre-rolled uh you know like documentary type stuff uh i don't know that it was like this in america i don't recall the news anchors being in all black or whatever but like in england like on the bbc the their 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 timeline on the bottom is usually in red it changed to black the anchors of different news uh hours or whatever changed into black clothing that they had on on standby like if you know, I don't know any of their anchors. If Susie Johnson, the three o'clock anchor, was there and she's wearing a red dress, let's say, and this happens, Susie goes and changes to a black dress type thing, you know. And I, I just think it's weird. I mean, obviously, you're putting up this much planning. You knew this day was coming, right, eventually. Um, so <laughs> I'm driving home today and I'm like, why, why are the flags at half staff? You know, what's what's that about? And I'm like, surely it's not because of the queen. So it's interesting because I was always under the impression that flags flown at half-staff were for, were, was an American thing. And I mean, I shouldn't say it's an American thing. They do it in other countries. But as far as the American flag is concerned, um, <laughs> we're just willy-nilly flying in at half-staff. So I was curious. So I pulled up the USA.gov. This is the flag code. This is this isn't this isn't DTOM making up shit. This isn't the PCGC saying this is bullshit, you know, da da da, whatever. Fly the flag at half staff. Okay, the American flag at half staff. I'm reading this off of their website. The United States flag flies at half staff or half mast when the nation or a state is in mourning. Okay. If I stop there, you say, Okay, well yeah, the queen died. We're in mourning. 
She's not our queen. She's their queen. If England and Australia and all the other countries that they still rule over want to fly the flag at half-staff, cool. Knock yourself out. That's your queen. If President Biden died, we would fly the flags at half-staff. I get that. It's different. The president, through a presidential proclamation, a state governor or the mayor of the District of Columbia can order flags to fly at half-mast. Most often, this is done to mark a death of a government, U.S. government official, military member, or first responder in honor of Memorial Day or other National Day of Remembrance or following national tragedy. Our national, our nation, our, our um, government officials, our military members, our nation, She's not our queen. We haven't had to deal with that for 246 years. Okay? Do we fly it out of respect? Okay. Was there a presidential proclamation? As far as I know, I don't know that. I don't know that he ordered him to be flown at half-staff. Point being is, why? Mine's still straight up. I told Chris, I said, because I fly a flag in my front yard and I fly it all the time. Now you can say, well, you're not supposed to fly a flag all the time. Well, that's not true. You can fly a flag 24-7, 356 days. And you can say, well, you're not supposed to fly it in, when it's raining. Or you're not supposed to fly it at night. Okay. Not tr true, but not true. Flags shouldn't be flown in inclement weather unless it's an all-weather flag. Well, I live in Florida, so surely <laughs> I have an all-weather flag. The only time that flag comes down and that flagpole comes down if there's a hurricane coming. I'll pull the flag, I'll put it in the garage, you know, I'll pull the f pole and everything, I'll fold the flag, that all goes into the garage. Flags displayed at night should be properly illuminated. Well, when I bought the flagpole, guess what I bought? A light. It's a solar-powered light, it lights at night. In time of national mourning, hang the flag at half mask. In the time of our nation's mourning, are we mourning as a nation for the death of a 96-year-old moniker? I, I don't see why. I told Chris, I said, shit, I should get home and pull the flag down and put up the the Gatson flag. <laughs> He's like, I mean, flag that represented us in the uh, Revolutionary War when we left that. And I think she was queen back then. No, I'm joking. But seriously. What in this country is our fascination with the English crown? I don't get it. We... <laughs> They are still over, I don't know all the countries. I think it's eight, ten countries. And I don't know them all, so I'm not going to sit here and try and name them. That they're still like the, the, the rulers of. You know, those are their colonies or whatever. Um, where I guess where she still had, where, where she was still head of state, I guess is how it's, it's said. But nonetheless, um, the interesting thing is they have to go through and change all the money, change all the insignias, because like in America, we don't have, our money doesn't have like Donald Trump on it or Joe Biden or whatever, you know, because we don't have a king or a queen or whatever. It's, you know, we have a president and the presidents that are on our money have been long gone. Um, it, just, it just interests me in this country, our fascination with this royal family. And it just, I don't know, I've just never been one to really care. 
And um, and like I said, this is no disrespect to the death of this lady. But um, she, uh, all of them, you know, Princess Charles, or I guess he's King Charles now, and his, you know, when he was with Diane, and then she died. Now he's with this Camilla, or whatever her name is, and all the rigmarole and the stuff going on with the kids, and yada, yada, yada. It's just, it doesn't excite me. I don't care. Now, granted, I would be, I'd be willing to bet this. In other countries, let's take England, for example. Do you think in England they clamor over the news of our country? And I, and I say that probably in an asinine tone in the sense that they probably do as far as our celebrities are concerned. But we're not talking about British celebrities. We're not talking about, you know, any... Uh, singer or band or actor or whatever that's in England. We're talking about the the queen, right? So do you think over in England they're like, oh, my God, I wonder what Joe Biden has to say, or oh, my God, I wonder what Donald Trump has to say, or whoever the president is? No. They, they don't care. Why? Because it's America. We don't give a fucking shit about America as far as, you know, that's what these people are probably saying, I would assume. Um, And some diehard... Englishmen, English folks, whatever you call them, um, that are patriots of, of their country probably have some sort, even though they had nothing to do with the Revolutionary War and the separation of the United States from England, they they probably still kind of feel some sort of way, like they're bullshit. You know, they call that some people over there still call us colonists and treasonists and stuff, and none of us had anything to do with that. But in a sense, it's no different than. <laughs> us being called racist, white people being called racist for owning slaves. I never owned a slave in my life. My parents never, my grandparents, my great-grandparents never owned a slave. As far as I know, no one in my family ever owned a slave. But yeah, because I'm white, I'm guilty. Guilty, for, you know, guilty of being white, essentially. But, um, so this fascination that we have drives me crazy. So as soon as Chris had texted me this yesterday, oh, she died. And I'm like, it's been a slow week. Okay, what? This was yesterday, so it was the eighth. What? What? Aren't the job numbers supposed to come out? Have Have we heard anything? Because it's usually the job numbers come out within the first week or so of the month. So we should have heard something about August job numbers. And then usually around the tenth, between the tenth and the thirteenth, somewhere around there, we'll get the um, the uh, inflation numbers, right? So I'm like, well, shit, this Queen Elizabeth thing is going to dominate the news all weekend, probably for the next week. That's all you're going to hear on the news is, is that. I watch the news every day, and I heard absolutely zero, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm scouring uh, stuff to, to talk about. You know, I'm constantly searching, and I just make notes. I make notes. And I was telling Chris, I was like, <laughs> Job numbers, did they not come out yet? Are, are we holding on to those? Well, lo and behold, they actually did come out on Tuesday. Okay. And now Tuesday was the 6th. Okay, so Labor Day was Monday. Tuesday, the job numbers come out. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the queen passes away. So you had, and that was Thursday afternoon when she passed away. So it wasn't like Thursday morning, and that was Thursday afternoon here, which means it was Thursday evening over there. So you had the job numbers come out Tuesday morning. So you had all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, and most of the day Thursday, nothing. 
So with the fact that they came out on Tuesday goes to show you they weren't what they thought they should be or what they hoped they should be or they weren't nothing to brag about, I guess, would be a better way to put it. So the latest Labor Department employment report shows that the economy actually added 315,000 jobs in August. Now, ordinarily, a healthy increase, you know, that would be decent. Okay, 300,000 jobs, that's good. But, you know, oddly enough, uh, how's the phrase? The devil is in the details, right? So which this uh, number shows that the labor, labor market is actually, and, I, and I've been saying this for the last couple of months, is actually running on fumes. So the report, um, like the economy of, in whole, looks far, you know, it's, it's kind of, what's the, the, what's the painter, Monier? It looks good from a distance, but not good up close, right? Um, so the first red flag in the report was a revision to the previous two months, which totaled 107,000 to the downside. So what that means is about a third of those jobs that were quote unquote added in August were jobs thought that we already had. So basically they did a revise of the previous two months. So July and June, and I don't recall those numbers off the top of my head, but between those two months, there was 107,000 jobs added that weren't really there. How that happened is beyond me. So you have 315,000 jobs allegedly in um, August. So realistically, it's just over 200,000 jobs because those 107,000 jobs are already there or they thought were already there. So um, (laughs) while this headline Uh, Job numbers come from a survey of businesses. The unemployment rate and other details come from a survey of households. And that also contained troubling data. The household survey actually peaked back in March and has never recovered to its pre-pandemic level. While labor force participation rose overall in August, a healthy indicator it fell for blacks as the number of blacks employed. So you're when Trump was in office, now prior to COVID, now I know the whole spin now is, oh, look at how bad unemployment was under Trump. Look at how, look at all the jobs lost under Trump. It, it's, it's not fair. I mean, say what you want about Trump. You can love him. You can hate him. I really don't give a shit. But you cannot lay that COVID bullshit on him and say those 10 million or whatever it was, people that lost their jobs, 10.9 million people that lost their jobs were because of his, uh, the way he ran the country. It had nothing to do with his policies or his whatever. Prior, that's the key word, the um, pre-pandemic level, that, that phrase is, is something to look at. Now, prior to COVID, he had actually created over 4 million jobs. So the, uh, the job market was decent under Obama. It fluctuated, obvious. Um, but when Trump took office in 16, or I guess technically it was 17, you had increased employment, 17, 18, and 19. And then the beginning of 20, COVID hits, and you just steadily lost jobs during the course of that year. But another number to look at is prior 
to um, the uh, COVID, black and Hispanic unemployment had really dropped. But now those numbers are starting to come back up because blacks aren't able to find jobs. I, I don't know all the details as to why or what, but it is interesting how your president, you know, wants to pretend to be pro-black when he's probably... I would, I would be willing to say probably one of the most racist presidents we've had since, <laughs> you know, Andrew Jackson, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so um, yet another cause for alarm is weekly earnings, which were flat in August. When those numbers are adjusted for inflation, real weekly earnings become negative. That means workers are poor because prices are rising faster than your income um so these stagnating weekly earnings are not surprising when other data is considered businesses are facing tremendous uncertainty and are hiring fewer full-time employees and more more part-time ones the number of full-time workers peaked in may and continued falling in august although wages were rising the average work week continues to decline so weekly earnings are still fat, flat. So, and that brings up a good point because this is something I've been saying for the last couple of months when he kept on touting the job numbers. Oh, look at the jobs. Look at the jobs. I'm creating jobs. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. No, I, I said this. You have people that, you know, although technically they're, if you're an hourly employee, your, your dollar amount might be going up. Oh, I was making 10, now I'm making 12, or I'm making 15, or whatever that number is. But, like we said, all this clamoring for $15 an hour is going to cause prices to go up. On top of all the other bullshit we're dealing with, prices are really going up. And now you hear a lot of people, you go to a Walmart, you go to just about any retail type store. Walmart, Target, your grocery store, some of your drug stores, Walgreens, CVS, hell, some of your dollar stores. You know, your Dollar Generals, your family uh, family dollars. I've even seen them in some convenience stores now. Self-checkouts. And people bitch and complain. I'm not checking myself. You get on Facebook, you see people with the memes. Oh, this is bullshit. I, I should get a discount for, for ringing myself up. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. <laughs> we told you this a year ago. When everyone was bitching about $15 an hour. We need to make $15 an hour. You do you. Minimum wage jobs were not created for you to raise a family. I'm sorry. You guys bitched and complained instead of doing something about it and finding a job to make your $15 or more an hour. You bitched and complained while you worked at McDonald's and Walmart and wherever else. And we said, be careful what you wish for. They're going to get rid of people. They're going to... Oh, if Walmart's supposed to have 20 cashiers, well, we can put in 40 self-checks and maybe have three people man those self-checks. Now we don't need those 20 cashiers. Do you understand how this works? So your average work week continues to decline. So what does that mean? So if I'm working full-time, uh, making 15 bucks an hour at a retail establishment, let's say, and a year ago I was working 40 hours a week maybe with some overtime here and there. Well, now, with everything going on, 
they cut me down to 30 hours or 25 hours. In the meantime, <laughs> I still have, you know, car payments and rent or house payment or whatever the case may be. Gas is higher. Food is higher. Everything's higher. Electric's higher. Rent might be higher. So now you have to go get a second job. So you might be working two jobs, working, say, 40, 50 or so hours, even though you as the person, your, your work week hasn't declined. Your work week at each place has declined. But you're also helping the unemployment or the quote-unquote job number because now even though you're one person, you're now occupying two jobs. Because they don't look at the people working. They look at the jobs that have been filled. You see what I'm saying? So you could still be one person working at two places. That's two jobs filled. And they don't tell you that. They just tell you the numbers. Which is why they're not bragging about these job numbers. Because there's nothing to brag about. You created... You didn't create shit because we're still under prepaid. <laughs> we're still under the number of what the jobs were lost from uh, COVID. We're still under that number. But nonetheless, these 200,000 or so jobs that were filled, I should say, not created, filled, aren't new people to the workforce. I'm not saying all of them aren't new. There might be some, and I would be willing to bet a lot of those jobs are probably kids going back to school, getting a part-time job at McDonald's or wherever, you know, to make some extra money so they can go out with their friends, have gas money, whatever the case may be. And then the other part of that number is people that lost hours at their main job and now they're having to pick up 10, 15, 20 hours at another job to help make ends meet. But that's where we're at. And the same thing happened under Obama. When they passed Obamacare, it was the same situation. You had businesses because they had that stipulation of uh, if an employee worked under 32 hours or whatever, then the company didn't have to provide health insurance. They, they, that would force the employee to have to go through the whatever it's called, the affordable care website thing. So you had people working, you know, minimum wage jobs or whatever, uh, whether they were making minimum wage or 10 bucks an hour, whatever that dollar amount was, I call them minimum wage jobs, whatever, um, that were working, say, 38, 40 hours a week, considered full-time, were getting bumped down under that 32-hour range so the company that they worked for wouldn't have to worry about providing them the option to get health insurance. Well, if you're making $10 an hour, we'll just say $10 for easy math. We're just going to say 10 bucks an hour. And you're working 40 hours a week. Well, that's $400 a week. Well, if now all of a sudden you got dropped down to like 30, you're losing 100 bucks a week. That's a lot of money. I don't care how much money you make. 100 bucks a week is a lot of money. So the unemployment rate, the, the jobs added number under Obama looked good also. Why? Because you had people working two jobs. It wasn't that Sally... Uh, was working two jobs, therefore it's one person. No, Sally was working two jobs. That's two jobs. It has nothing to do with Sally. It's two jobs filled. That's how they play the numbers game. All right. On to more interesting and fun news of how we are going to die. We're all going to die. Just mark it down. 9922. We are, we are all going to die. <laughs> 
So, um, on Twitter, I've been perusing and seeing different stuff. Um, so, you know, what's up with all these warnings about chaos or civil war breaking out if Republicans take over Congress? Now, I'm not saying anything about chaos not breaking out or, 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 uh, uh, civil war not breaking out. I'm not saying this is crazy. That'll never happen here. I've, I've told you guys that I've done shows on civil war and I'm not talking the one back in 1864. I'm talking about the one that's about to happen now. But the interesting spin is, and this is how we talk about the things they're, they're telling you what they're going to do. Now, in the meantime, they're telling you what they are going to do, but in the meantime, they're blaming you for it. So we can we can go back as far as just last week. And I'm going to play this little excerpt of... Uh, I, I came up with a new name for him, by the way, because, <laughs> you know, his, what were they calling it? The red speech or whatever, right? And then on Twitter and stuff, you've seen people posting videos of him and he had a little Hitler ma- uh, mustache and they were playing Hitler's speech, like dubbing it in to his speech so it made it look like he was Hitler or saying, you know, whatever. So <laughs> I was calling him President Schittler. Get it? <laughs> Poopy pants, right? Schittler? Anyway, I don't. my sound machine's broken right now. It wouldn't let me log in, so I don't have a drum rim shot there. But anyway, so here's a little excerpt from President Schittler from last week when he did the red speech or whatever it was called, the one he did in Independence Hall and the red and the uh, the Marines and whatnot. Um, it's only 30 seconds, so just listen to this, and then, and now, you know, we're going to America must it. choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. So, dark, chaos, lies, MAGA Republicans. So, now, the next day, he tried to walk that back a little bit and said he was referring to um, government officials, people running or in Congress, Senate, or running for Congress, Senate, or governors, or whatever, that are these quote-unquote MAGA Republicans. But what whatever he meant versus what he actually said are two different things. Because what I heard is, if you voted for Donald Trump, and even if you still support Donald Trump, which I think a lot of people still do, he's talking about you guys. He's talking about us. And even if you don't quite support Trump and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of over Trump. I'm, I'm really hoping DeSantis runs. I'm going for DeSantis or I'm really hoping Christy Nome runs. I'm looking at her or, you know, whatever, whatever your thought process is. Um, you're still considered a MAGA Republican. If you ha- if you fly a flag in your front yard, if you listen to this show, if you listen to other podcasts that are similar to this show, you are going to be labeled a quote-unquote MAGA Republican, whether you are or aren't. And and the thing that kills me about all of this is MAGA Republican. They make it sound like it's a curse word, like you're saying a dirty word. What the hell does MAGA mean? 
we all know what MAGA means, right? Make America, this country that we live in, right? Great again. Is that a bad thing? Is that that's now that's a that's a bad thing? We can't make America great. We don't care to make America great. Is that is that what you're saying, Joe? So that was the speech last week. And then as the week has progressed, you have, you know, Kathy Griffin popping her nose back up again with her severed head of uh, Donald Trump. And she tweets this out. This was on Tuesday. She tweets out, if you don't want a civil war, vote for Democrats in November. If you don't, if you do want a civil war, vote Republican. Now, what does that mean? Now, depending on what you think and what you believe and what you uh, what your thought process is, if you're a Kathy Griffin, whatever, you can read this and say, if you don't want civil war, vote for. So I don't want civil war. I'm voting for Democrats. Well, what do you mean, Kathy? Are you trying to insinuate that if if you don't, if you vote Republican, that the Republicans are going to see the way I read this is this. If you don't want a civil war, vote Democrats. If you do want a civil war, then you're going to betray your Democratic leaders and vote Republican. In other words, much like when Trump was, uh, was president, when he became president in 16, and you remember, you've seen the people screaming, ah, you know, screaming to the sky, and oh my God, crying. And I've talked about this before. I've never seen... In all my life, and even just looking through history of a president of whatever party becoming president and people losing their... I'm not even talking about the, like, Hillary being pissed off or, like, Trump being pissed off because, you know, he lost to uh, Biden. Say what you want, stolen elections, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the opponent being pissed off at the at the other... I'm talking about the the other people. Now you could sit here and say, well, Don, what about January 6th? Those people were just like those people screaming in the sky. That was fake. That was bullshit. And you guys all know it. There were people there, yes, listening to Trump speak. True. There were agitators in that crowd that did what they did to make those other people look bad. Period. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. This right here to me is, is a prelude to war. This is you saying that now take, it's Kathy Griffin, take what you want. I, I, I don't fuck, you know, whatever. But, guaranteed, she's not smart enough to come up with something like this. She heard this from somebody. She got this from someone else. To me, it sounds like you're saying that unless you vote Democrat, there's going to be a civil war. And not necessarily because the Republicans are going to start it. It's because if you don't vote our way, we're going to start it. We are going to send BLM and Antifa and whoever and whatever else. When you have the president saying that MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy, and then you have people like this saying, if you don't vote a certain way, there's going to be a civil war. Then I get to this article, and this was, um, this was the other day. This was yesterday. <clears throat> so New York Times congressional... Correspondent Jonathan Weissman warned that chaos could ensue if Republicans take control of the House of Representatives. In his report published uh, Thursday, Weissman claimed that a potential influx of new GOP lawmakers that have, quote-unquote, fringe positions 
and who have quote unquote <laughs> espoused conspiracy theories could hamper the government and its ability to do everyday tasks. The piece went so far as to say that these future right-wing politicians could plunge the country into a world at large into chaos. <laughs> um, profiling one of these potential fringe GOP candidates to show the readers the potential for trouble if Republicans take the House majority in November, Weissman introduced Josh Breachin, an ardent Republican who has virtually assured the victory in November to represent an overwhelming red house in eastern Oklahoma. Weissman noted that Breach, um, Breachin rejects conformity with the Washington consensus. He's not going to the Capitol to make friends, the report claimed, adding, Mr. Breachin assures voters he will not be tempted to conform to the Republican establishment. Okay, I'm going to stop reading right there. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know who this Breachin is, but... If he was if he was in Florida and running for whatever, and he was saying these things, he's got my vote. That's what we need. We need people, and and he didn't say conform to Democratic establishment or government, as he said Republican. In other words, he's a Republican running as a Republican for uh, Congress, saying that he's not going to fall into the swamp, the old guard, the whatever. So that example allegedly illustrated how the House Republican Conference appears destined for more conservative, uh, fractious future, no matter which party wins a majority, thanks to the candidates chosen by voters in this most uh, most solidly GOP districts. You know, I just thought of something reading this. Everyone assumes, so Kevin McCarthy is what they call the minority leader. So in the House, you have the majority and the minority. So right now, the majority are Democrats, right? They have the most numbers. The minority is the, um, the Republicans. So when you have the majority, you're able to elect the Speaker of the House, i.e. Nancy Pelosi, right? Well, your, your minority leader is Kevin McCarthy. Well, that's a person that's voted in by his peers. So naturally, if there is this red wave and and Republicans take over the House. Let's assume that happens. You would then have a vote. It doesn't necessarily mean that Kevin McCarthy is going to be Speaker of the House. That's not what that means. Um, I think the assumption is there that if the red wave happens or whatever, that he will be your next Speaker of the House. That's not necessarily the case. He's hasn't won that position. So let's say... It'd be interesting to see what happens if this red wave does happen and a lot of these people that are winning or possibly winning seats are these um, <laughs> MAGA Republicans, let's say. Um, they could possibly vote someone else in to be Speaker of the House. And interestingly enough, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I've heard this, this thought being... Uh, being proclaimed that it could it could very it legally it can happen will it possibly happen i doubt but legally it could happen <laughs> they vote donald trump speaker of the house where you think, oh don he's not running for congress he can't that's not true they don't have to be a member of congress to be the speaker of the house interesting and of course then that falls into your conspiracy theory that's where i'm getting this from i'm not saying this is going to happen i think they'll vote 
it'll probably be McCarthy more than likely. Um, I think it'd be interesting if they put a MTG or Bobart, someone like that in there as a speaker, if they got enough support, but you're talking over a couple hundred people in there, you're not going to get that kind of support for a, for a fringy type candidate. Of course, I don't know if you've heard, I'll, I'll elaborate more on that conspiracy theory of Trump becoming speaker just to, uh, let you know in case you you haven't heard this one. This is it's kind of far out there. So Trump becomes Speaker of the House, right? Then the Senate, assuming the Senate and the, the House are both uh red, they move to impeach Biden. They get the votes because they own both houses. Biden's gone. Then they move to impeach Kamala for the border crisis and her lackluster performance there. She's gone. Well, who's the third person in line to the presidency? Speaker of the House. <laughs> so that's your conspiracy theory. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't even think that could. That's a far stretch of the imagination to happen. So just saying that we shouldn't assume that Mitch McConnell or uh, Kevin McCarthy is going to be uh, Speaker of the House. There could be one of these fringe non-Republican establishment people in there. So anyway, he elaborated numerous Republican contenders in battleground districts have taken fringe positions or espoused conspiracy theories. Democrats have trained their sights on these candidates, hoping to block a wave of extreme. However, Weissman worried Democrats may not be able to stop them. Um, so let's say he argued the consequences of electing such supposed extremists would be troublesome for Republican leaders to handle. That could spell trouble for Republican leaders like Kevin McCarthy, the man who would be speaker, uh, and their ability to govern. So anyway, I think when you see when you see um, Biden say the words he said, when you see celebrities, if you want to call Kathy Griffin a celebrity, whatever, but she's not the only one saying these things. I just brought that up because it was an easy tweet to find. When you have New York Times writing these things, when you have people saying, if you don't vote a specific way, there's going to be a civil war. They're trying to scare you. If you're, if you're, if you're a middle-of-the-road voter and you don't, you don't know, oh, man, I kind of like this person, but I kind of like that person. I don't really vote party-wise. I, I vote on the person. Okay, that's fine. They're trying to scare those people. The independents, those are the people they're trying to scare. If you vote Republican, if there's a red wave, there's going to be a civil war. And, it, and, it, and it's under the guise of the fact that they're trying to make it sound like these Republican people that they put in office are going to create. Why in the hell would we start a civil war? If, if we're in charge, why would we start a civil war? Now, I'm not saying there wouldn't be a civil war if Republicans win. But it's not because we're going to start it. It's because the Democratic people and their followers and their 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 radical army of minions, i.e. Antifa, BLM, and whoever else you want to put in that category, are going to be the ones that start the bullshit. I said this isn't going to be a civil war like North versus South. We're trying to eradicate slavery. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be states versus states or areas versus areas. It's going, And you're not going to know who you can trust. It's going to be very interesting. But what doesn't also help is when you have a person like this. This is Rick Wilson. And uh, he's the founder of Intrepid Media. And 
he had this to say. It's kind of interesting. And the donor class can't just sit back on the sidelines and say, oh, well, don't worry, this will all work itself out. They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's... So, what does that mean? Okay, the donor class can't just say it'll work itself out. They're going to have to put a bullet in Donald Trump. Okay, now I don't know who Rick Wilson, I don't know who he is, I don't know Intrepid Media. He's obviously someone that can say something. He's on, this was on MSNBC the other day. Now, I don't think he's saying, how can I phrase this? That sounds very bad. They, they need to be able to put a bullet in him. I don't think he means it the way it sounds. Like, obviously the way it sounds is like someone needs to go shoot Trump, right? That's the way it sounds. I think he means it. They need to stop him. I don't think they, he means it that they, <laughs> they uh, need to kill him. I'm not thinking. I, I want to believe that he's not saying that, even though that's what he's saying. And that's where in this world with everything's on video, everything's on Twitter or TikTok or on someone's email, someone's always got something. You need to choose your words carefully. You can't spout out that, you know, if this doesn't happen, it's not going to work itself out. They need to put a bullet in Donald Trump. I didn't mean it like that. I meant they need to stop him. Well, it sounds like you told someone that he needs to be assassinated. No, 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 no. It's not what I meant. Well, that's what you said. So now what happens, out of curiosity, to Rick Wilson, or whatever his name was, if, uh, God forbid... If uh, someone, not a not someone running for Congress or Senate or, or Biden or the FBI or anyone like that, but what if some random person takes, oh, we need to stop Trump. We need to put a bullet in him. That's what that guy said. We need to do it. Is, is Rick Wilson, is he going to be held liable in some form or fashion? If you're some lunatic nutcase that goes out and tries to shoot Trump... Well, the guy on the news told me to do it. That's the only way we can stop him. We got to do it. There's too many fucking crazy-ass people in this country that literally take stuff literal. And whether you meant what you said, Rick Wilson, or you didn't mean what you said, you meant it in another frame, you need to correct your words. I mean, God forbid, could you imagine? Like I said, I don't know Rick Wilson. But let's just say this was Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson says, we need to stop Joe Biden. We need to put a bullet in him. How do you think that would play out? And God forbid if someone actually did that. Well, Tucker Carlson told me to do it, so I, I did it. What do you think would happen then? Now, I know other shows and stuff they what what about isms we can't play what about isms and and i get that but it's it, it is what it is all right closing out the show here because i really didn't think i was actually going to go this long so i just got a couple more things here real quick this came across so last year in uh illinois they actually voted on this. So people are saying, look at this law they're passing in, in Illinois. It goes into effect January 1st of 23. Can you believe they, they, they're, they're passing this law? Okay. <laughs> the people of Illinois voted on this law. So <laughs> whatever. The law is fucked up. Don't get me wrong. But this is why it's very important. If you vote 
If you're a voting person and you live in whatever state you live in and you religiously vote, I'm voting in the primaries, I'm voting for governors and senators and mayors and whatever. If you vote and they put a law on the ballot for you to vote on, they're not going to tell you what the law is. They're going to say, oh, you're voting on law uh, HB 1234, period. It's your job as a voter to what is this law about. And if you don't quite understand it, find out. <laughs> you know, because reading the the actual law is is cumbersome. I get that. Uh, they use that lore speak, right? <laughs> but just in a brief synopsis, Illinois uh, non-detainable offenses beginning in January. So these are uh, offenses that you could do. You break these laws, okay? And um, you're good. You're not going to jail. You're not. It's no cat. You're not going to get nothing. Okay. So here you go. You ready? Aggravated battery. Aggravated DUI. Aggravated fleeing. Arson. Burglary. Drug-induced homicide. Intimidation. Kidnapping. Robbery. Threatening a public official and last but very much not least, second degree murder. So just <laughs> Chris put it down as, uh, well, here's a good way for them to uh, fix the crime rate numbers because you're not going to get arrested for these things. So you could literally kill somebody. Second degree murder. You're good. Not only that, but you could kill somebody and then threaten the judge and you're good. <laughs> you could kidnap the judge's kids. You're good. You could beat him up with a baseball bat. You're good. You could burn his house down. Once again, you're good. Then, after you burn down the house and you're drunk, you can haul ass from him in your car. You're good. Um, and then if you kill your girlfriend by giving her some fentanyl, you're good. You could rob a liquor store, a grocery store, a convenience store, a bank. You're good. You could rob somebody's house. You can burglarize someone's house. You're good. And I think I heard one of the officials say it's going to be up to the homeowner to determine the level of justice. Cool. <laughs> That's uh, cool. I got you. I'm breaking into my house, and we'll determine that level of justice as soon as you cross the cross the barrier. Um, I will be the... What is it? Judge Dredd, right? I am the law, right? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Come on in. Doors always open. But this is the state you live in. And we can blame the lawmakers. We can blame the politicians. We can blame those people. Cool. <laughs> you guys voted on it. Okay? Read what you're voting on. Okay? All right. Last but not least. Uh, CDC admits post-vaccine myocarditis concerns that were labeled COVID misinformation are actually legitimate. <laughs> so, uh, CDC admits post-vaccine myocarditis concerns that were labeled COVID misinformation are legit. This came out today. Um, so, for a year, right, if you said anything on Facebook or Twitter 
or you did a video. Like I stopped doing videos on YouTube for the show I used to do. And, and God forbid, if I mentioned anything about COVID, anything about the vaccine, demonetized. So I don't know if you've ever posted videos on YouTube. It's not an easy process. It doesn't, it's not a quick process, especially if you, if you do an hour video. And I go through all this work. I mean, recording it, whatever, that's not a big deal. But the aspects of of um, putting it up on YouTube wasn't a quick process. And then I was kept on getting demonetized, so I stopped doing it. Well, what I was saying wasn't wrong. But they were trying to push an agenda, so they had to do what they had to do. I'm not saying I get it. I'm not saying it's right. But the fact that here it is, you know, a year later six months later, whatever, and now, oh, yeah, it's true. So when reports first surfaced in 21 that some cases of myocarditis, which is the inflammation of heart muscles, potentially leading to blood clots and heart attack or stroke, were potentially associated with COVID-19 vaccine, the corporate media and its fact-checkers were quick to label them as misinformation, saying that the benefits of the vaccine far outweigh the small risks. Yeah, because, you know, heart attack and stroke, that's a small risk, right? A year later, though, the media can no longer deny that what they called misinformation actually has data to back it up. As Matt Shapiro detailed in his substack on, on the matter, last year's misinformation on vaccine-associated myocarditis and young men in this year's well-established fact, according to the vaccine safe, safety data link surveillance data, from the CDC conducted in 22 within a week of receiving the dose two primary series of the Pfizer vaccine. There were 14 verified cases of myocarditis and pericarditis among the 102,000 males ages 16 and 17 who got the shot. Among nearly 206,000 12 to 15 year old males who received the same series, 31 cases were confirmed within a week. Now, I'm not going to go through all the numbers, all the people. You guys understand the point here. This whole COVID vaccine should have never been pushed on the public, period. It's, in my opinion, it's much like the flu shot. I'm not saying it's the same as the flu shot. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying in, in, the, in the guides of it being much like the flu shot is this. They don't push the flu shot on you. You go to Walgreens or CVS or wherever that they offer the flu shot. There might be a sign, oh, it's flu season, get your flu shot. But it's not on commercials. It's not on billboards. It's not on the radio. It's not It's not bashing you in the face. It's not everywhere you turn, get the flu shot, get the flu shot, get the flu shot. Save a life, get the flu shot. Doesn't That doesn't happen. It's there if you want it. Get the flu shot. It might help you get through flu season if you want it. Why couldn't they do the same thing with COVID? Well, obviously, we know the answer to that is because they needed that control. You don't have an option. You're too stupid to have an option. You don't know what's good for you or the government will take care of you. Right? Now, you have young men that could be ruined for life. not saying these kids are going to die, but these young men... <laughs> our, our potential next military, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, football players, basketball players, you know, whatever, sports, whatever. Can't do it now, right? 
can't join the military, can't. We were weakening a nation by giving out these shots under the guise of we're all going to die if you don't get these shots. These were, I would assume, mostly healthy young men. They should have came out with this shot. When they came out with this shot, it should have been nothing more than this. Kind of how it was in Florida. If you're, um, you have pre-existing health conditions, if you're over a certain age and, you've, and you have heart, <laughs> and probably not now, if you have one of the things was heart, if you have heart problems, you should get the shot. Probably not, right? But if you were overweight or if you had some sort of, you know, cancer or whatever, I mean, I have cancer. When all this came about, they tried to get me to get the, oh, you should get the shot. You're, you're eligible. Even though you're under the age, you're eligible. I'm good. But you have cancer. <laughs> I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I got COVID. And guess what? I was fine. The shot should have been given to those who wanted to take it and felt that they needed to take it. Even if you were a fat-ass, obese 70-year-old and prob probably a primary candidate to have the COVID shot. If you didn't want it, then you're whatever. That's your problem. That's what this country is based on, is our decisions to live free or die, right? All right. So with that being said, guys, please share this with your friends. If you, uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please share this with your friends. Uh, we're available everywhere. I don't need to name them. You know where you're at. Uh, follow us on social media on uh on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Don't Tread on America, on Twitter at DTOM underscore seventeen seventy five, and uh on uh our website at don't tread on America dot com. All right guys. Uh I will talk to you again on Sunday. Not quite sure what I'm gonna talk about. That's nine eleven. Was hoping to get Christopher J. McGillicuddy into the the DTOM studios to do a 9-11 show, not necessarily a tribute, but maybe something else. But hopefully we can do that this upcoming week. We shall see. Either way, I will be here on Sunday um, for your listening enjoyment. <laughs> and uh, and we'll talk then. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, maybe not hopefully, but hopefully I have something to talk about. I do have something in the hopper if there isn't any major news. So there will be that. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. So you just have to tune in. Subscribe to the show. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, subscribe to the show. And you'll get updates when I'm uh, when I'm here. So, cool. Other than that, guys, it is September 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Don Q. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you guys again later.